a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand He's been stabbing the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his maps and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man All right, for no reason in particular, um, I'm kind of, I'm like ready to throttle through this show. Oh, I'm I am. You know what, Zach? I am ready. I don't know if you heard that, but I'm, yeah. I'm just going to chug the seltzer. I'm, I'm pumped. Cracking a cold one. I would join you, but I just took a te- tequila shot and I have it. I have one remaining seltzer through which I'm going to consume through the show. Um, that was a quick chug. Was that a full self? You know, I, I did I did half of it, and then I decided <laughs> I wanted to pitch in conversation-wise. But before I could, I had some aggressive burps come in. Um, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> goodness, this is a very carbonated seltzer. I didn't know if you knew that there's bubbles in there. What what uh, uh, What's your seltzer? What, what sel- you, seltzer are you putting down right now? You know... Lately, I've been, I've been I've been drinking a lot of seltzer lately. Uh, for some reason, it has become part of my personality to try different ones. Um, <clears throat> but um, right now, I'm drinking Wild Basin, which I think is like an Austin-based uh, company. Uh-huh. Really pretty uh, cans. <laughs> you got a nice like lake and mountains in the background. Did it catch your eye at the store, and is that why you bought it? Yep, it it looks nice. That's that's pretty. Because that honestly, that gets me. That gets me a lot. Oh, it gets me almost every time. That that is that is ninety percent my. I feel like my first thing is what kind of drink do I want, and once I've decided on that, it's what looks the prettiest. That right. Is, that is how it goes. <laughs> that's that's how I'm feeling too. I'm just sticking with the White Claw Variety Pack Two. Um, mm. I'm I'm polishing it off. I have one. one last lemon White Claw. Um, unfortunately, Ooh. I can't do the crack in a cold one sound effect because I foolishly stupidly Foolish. opened it before we started recording oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah i know moron i i and there's no i haven't even taken a sip yet i went and did a tequila shot and and here it is sitting opened and unsipped on my desk mm. like some kind of idiot so i'm glad that you cracked one so we could we could at least toss in the sound effect once because oh for sure it's kind of I'm, it's a tradition now yeah I, i'm a fan um goodness i that <laughs> was pretty anticlimactic that I said I was going to chug this, and I didn't. And now I've just been taking gulps and trying to silently burp while I talk to you. It's, um, it's very anticlimactic. Well, I'll, uh, I'll put it like this. It wouldn't be the first time that I've had to edit out a series of burps from you. So <laughs> that's, that's that's true. Yeah. That's hey, speaking of, though, I was thinking of this today, oddly enough, this morning on my run, maybe or maybe not related to my own asthma, but I haven't had to edit out Paul Coughs. In a long time. so No joke. It's because I have an inhaler. Yeah. It's amazing how acknowledging like what you have and then addressing it can solve problems in your life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was telling you. I was telling you to, to take it seriously. Yeah. I'm glad that you And then I was just like, ha, 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 you're right. Funny bit, Zach. And you're like, Paul, I'm being serious. I'm like, ha, ha. Like, good, good joke. It's because uh, you're so used just, to that's That's the first time I've said anything to you that wasn't a bit. You just didn't know how to handle it. We, we usually just only talk in bits, and so I, I didn't recognize uh, seriousness when it happened. Right. Well, I'm glad that you made the change. I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm i genuinely just, like, jittery right now. I, I, I'm. Are you? Yeah. I'm, like, 
I'm really hyper. I'm ready to to get started. I got a lot of my brain, and I'm ready to spill it out all on oh, the good. table today. <laughs> oh boy! Is that I'm the excited. expression? I I guess I, like I don't know that I've ever had someone tell me that they want to that their brain is full and they need to spill it out on the table. Like, well, I don't know if I've heard that. Before. Yeah, I don't mean like as the entire. That was kind of a amalgamation of <laughs> of metaphors. I've maybe. heard people be like, "Let me put it out on the table," or yeah. like. I have a lot of my, pr- I don't know that, I don't know. That was a good combination. There, Spill though. my guts. There's a, there's a lot at work here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I can't wait to get in your guts. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? You're spill out your guts. I just can't wait to get into them. You know, Paul, you, <laughs> you understand that that already has a meaning, right? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, does it? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you're so, you I'm taking aback. Like, I'm I'm blushing right now. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> uh, this is episode 41 of Not All Bad, and I'm Zach Andrews. This is Paul Messman. If is a mayor of him. Oh yeah, what? If this is your first time, <laughs> that reminds me of uh, my goof that I I had to run it. I drunkenly ran a joke past Paul the other day that I was going to do on my Instagram story. <laughs> And I wanted to see if it was funny before I did it, and he said it was, so stay on the lookout for that. Well, let's say, I don't think it's, you haven't done it yet, have you? No, I, I probably will get drunk enough to do it this weekend. Maybe <laughs> maybe even tonight, we'll see. <laughs> Perfect. What I was trying to say is, if this is the first time that you're listening to the show, then welcome. Paul and I are each going to take a turn ranting on a topic that we've brought to the show today, um, and then we're going to pull a topic out of a hat and work together to rant on that one. And then we're going to end the show by turning the tables and ranting on a topic in a positive way. And uh, that's the, that's how the show is going to work. So you can find it every other Monday on SoundCloud, Google play, Spotify, iTunes, and overcast. We ask that you uh, consider subscribe and leaving a rating and review on iTunes and uh, following us on Twitter at not all bad show. And then finally our email is not all bad show at gmail.com where you can submit ideas for us to rant about in that portion where we pull ideas out of a hat and rant on them. Uh, like we mentioned last week um, or last episode, we're kind of restructuring our guest system a little bit. We've had guests in the past and we're re- reconsidering how to do that in the future. So um, things are changing in that regard. Uh, just something to be aware of as listeners of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that I went first on episode 40. So is it your turn to start us off? Or am I misremembering? I mean, I've, I've got to be honest, Zach. I actually just checked. I'm not trying to <laughs> to call you out here, but actually I went first uh, last time. Well, okay. Um, I, I feel a little <laughs> bit called out. I have out. no idea, so I checked. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> You're wrong. Be embarrassed. Um, all right, fine. I'll, I'll kick us off here. Um, it's been well documented that I'm a huge proponent of the beach. This is well known. Mm. In fact, Paul won't even let me talk about dating apps without accusing me of having too much mentions of Hawaiian shirts on my profile, <laughs> which is uh, maybe fair, but I've defended it in the past as my most effective dating app method. And it's, it's true. Um, regardless, I'm a big beach person. Um, mm. So this may, this topic may come as a surprise to many. And what I'm about to talk about, by the way, it uh, really only applies to American men. As far as I'm concerned, um, anyone else can do whatever the hell they want to. I can really only speak for American men because I am one. Uh, And that is that I hate open-toed shoes. (laughs) There is 
no room in male fashion for open-toed shoes. There is no room. Not that I know the first goddamn thing about men's fashion, <laughs> but I'm going to make a very <laughs> bold um, statement here out of my ignorance and claim that um, it's just there's no place. As an upstanding member of society who's an American male, you have no business wearing open-toed shoes. I would consider a few very basic activities suitable for open-toed shoes, and this list is exhaustive. I, I don't think that there's anything beyond the scope of this list that uh, merits the, the use of open-toed shoes. First, the beach, the lake, the river, outdoor aquatic activities that take place in natural bodies of water. It's an important distinction. Interesting, okay. This generously includes boat activities, Though I personally, yeah, it is because personally, I believe that in almost all cases, being barefoot on a boat is the better alternative, but I will allow sandals on a boat barely. And secondly, um, I know I just mentioned natural bodies of water. I, I consider this a second tier of acceptability because the pool is an acceptable place for open toed shoes, but only because the pavement is hot. If it wasn't for the sun-baked concrete, I would ban all footwear at the pool regardless. It's not an acceptable footwear item, even at the pool, if only for the hot pavement. That's what puts it over the line here. There's a lot more reasons to wear shoes at the lake, river, or beach. Um, there's not really any reasons at the pool except for the hot pavement. So it's, it's, it's also allowed at the pool, but again, that one just barely squeaks by for that one reason alone. And that's it. That's those are the only two circumstances. I don't care if it's hot. I, I don't give a shit. Get some summer shoes, closed-toed summer shoes. And what would you, can I can I ask a question? Yeah, you may. What would would you would you allow it acceptable? Consider it acceptable for someone to wear open-toed shoes in their own home? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. That's a good question. I, I didn't even consider that. I absolutely not. Okay. I, there's that, it, that's very controversial to wear amongst certain groups of people to wear shoes at all in the home. Yeah. Um. I don't necessarily follow that, but I understand it. Yeah, I don't follow it, but I I acknowledge that objectively, I'm probably in the wrong for ever wearing shoes inside the house. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that's a very that's very well put. Very 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 well put. In your own home, if you're wearing open toed shoe, I mean, you're, bud, you're indoors. What what need have you of shoes at all? If you really need shoes, just be, like if you need open toed shoes inside, why why can't you just be barefoot? What is going on in your home that you need some something on the bottoms of your feet? You must live in like a hoarder house. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, if if look, like I said, if if it's gonna be hot outside, and you're not doing one of those two activities I described before. Um, you need to have closed-toed shoes. Get you some summer shoes. Some bright white sneakers. That's a great summer alternative. I've got two pairs, both Puma. One of them's kind of like a nice. leather, a leather like round-toed sneaker. That one's great for the summertime. Um, I also have a bright white kind of running shoe type shoe that's uh, looks very clean, very simple, great for the summer. Um, some old school athletic trainers, a fantastic summer shoe, go really well with shorts. I mean, hell, even some loafers. I couldn't pull it off. 
I couldn't pull off looking that bourgeoisie, but maybe you can. <laughs> I mean, loafers are better than open-toed shoes by a mile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all superior summer alternatives to flip-flops or Birkenstocks or whatever shoes you've been wearing when it's hot outside. I promise you this, okay? The, the heat that your feet are undergoing in those closed-toed shoes is going to be overcome by how good you're going to look. Because if, you, if you're walking around outside with, with no reason, with reckless abandon in these open-toed shoes in the summertime, no one's going to respect you, okay? And you may have a, a little more airflow through your toes, but it's not going to be worth it because no one's going to respect you, I promise you. It's worth a little bit of self-sacrifice for that. I'm just of the opinion that men should treat their feet like an ugly sin. <laughs> they should hide them from the world. <laughs> and I don't ever, ever want to see your ass in a bar or a restaurant with your toes out. Gag me. That's foul with your hobbit feet and your unclipped toenails. Unacceptable. That's enough to make me, make me send my food back, get you kicked out of the place. You can't do that. That, in my opinion... No shoes, no shirt, no service. The shoe, it's, it's implied that no shoes is, says no closed-toed shoes. It's implied there. You can't wear open-toed shoes in a restaurant. That's foul. That's disgusting. It, yeah, and, and if it's at a bar, it better be a swim-up bar. <laughs> at a natural body of water. <laughs> right, right. Um, hmm. And finally... I only have a, I, I got one more point here, Paul. And then if you have anything to interject, you can. Okay. If you even consider, if the thought even crosses your mind to wear sandals with jeans, that's the electric chair for you. <laughs> what, what the hell is going through your mind? What gave you the idea that that was even partially acceptable to even consider such a foul notion? Maybe one of the worst fashion faux pas I've ever witnessed. Is the is the uh, flip flops and jeans combination? I've I've got to be honest here. I, I feel like it, maybe it's not uh, moral for me to bring this up when he's not here to defend himself. But a friend and guest of the show, uh, Garrett, has been seen uh, by me wearing flip flops and jeans in public, and I just think it should be known by him that I'm bringing up on this podcast that he shouldn't do that anymore. Garrett, look, uh, you're a friend. You're a friend of me. You're a friend of Paul, and God knows you're a friend of the show. So this is a, consider this an intervention rather than an accusation, okay? We care about you, all right? Garrett, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners know you personally, but I know you personally and, and despite this being an audio medium, I can just say you're a handsome dude. You got you're a good-looking guy. Don't ruin it with this jeans flip-flops combination, Garrett. You got so much going for you. Don't throw it down the drain. It's not worth it. I I think I think he needed to hear that, and knowing him, he will hear that, and I can't I can't wait to hear what <laughs> what he thinks of that. I'm eager to hear his response. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's 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 time it was brought up. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you said something because really we needed to bring that to public attention, and then maybe specifically call it in, out one individual in particular, and just demonstrate. <laughs> Garrett, your life's going to change for the better. I'm telling you, you're get you. It's going to be for the better. I promise. Mm, yeah. I saw a guy at work last week wearing that setup the flip-flop jeans combination at work mm. now need i remind you i work in a manufacturing plant <laughs> in what reality is an open-toed shoe even partially acceptable in a business office much less a manufacturing plant 
listen, man, I don't care if, if coronavirus has killed everyone else on earth and that you still have to come into work. You're the last man on earth and you got to go to work. I don't want to see that shit. Knock it off. <laughs> what are you doing? The audacity on this lunatic to wear that to work, to wear it at all. Um, final I, point. I, I bought a pair of slides for Cancun uh, last oh. summer, and that is the only pair of open-toed shoes that I have and that I will have. Hmm. I appreciate your transparency here, Zach. And I only have ever worn them to the beach. Ever. I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, you know, I think, I think for one, um, you know, so I worked at a camp at some point and, um, people, people like to wear open toed shoes at camp for some reason. And, and, and so much so that they had to create rules. One of the rules that it blows my mind they had, that they had to make was that you couldn't wear open toed shoes in the kitchen. And, and the, the, the idea of anyone wearing open-toed shoes in a kitchen is disgusting to it, me. Like, it, it is revolting, yeah. Like, that is... It's not... Not only is it a health code violation, it is a moral violation. It is a sin. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is Agreed. wrong. I, I can't believe you would do that. Like, e- even not just the germs, like... No one needs to be in a bad mood in the kitchen with you showing off your stinky feet. That's also a personal safety hazard, for the record. <clears throat> oh, it is. Um, yeah, it's – frankly, when you're outside, like – like so here's the other thing. is Actually, when I worked at camp, they they ruled out open show, to, open-toed shoes for staff because there were so many foot-related injuries from people wearing open-toed shoes that they were just like, enough, no more. And I think that that really speaks – I bring that up as an example because I have experience with it at camp. But I think that that really extends beyond camp. They don't function well as shoes. Oh, no. No, they're they totally ineffective. They feet from anything. You're, the, the fact that people were getting so many injuries that a camp had to ban them speaks to the fact <laughs> that maybe even just on a personal level, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be wearing them. Like, I, I don't – it blows my mind. Again, the only um, time that they're the only benefit they offer is e is extreme ease of takeoff and removal, which only application that's acceptable is the pool or a body of water. Yeah, and then B it's part particularly the beach. I feel like yeah, and and B they um, allow for um, things like sand and dirt to be easily washed away. Yeah, yeah, and and I get that, but frankly, even at the beach, if you're wearing like. The benefit of the beach is that there's sand, so you can kind of burrow down your feet underneath where no one can see them. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's that's why they're acceptable at the beach. Very good point, um, yes. <laughs> but I just, you know, I've got to agree on, uh, like you said, we, we can specify American men because I, I, I can't really speak to other cultures. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to see my own feet, let alone your, some other man's feet. Absolutely. I just... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I particularly grow sweet, but I, I also don't particularly. I, I hide my feet away from me because I don't need to see them. Uh, no, nobody is does. Probably the weirdest part of the body. It, it serves a purpose, but that purpose is not to be seen nor heard. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. And I don't know. All right. I, I have a question for you, uh, Zach. What, one last question. Sure. Would you consider Crocs a closed-toed or open-toed shoe? Wow. Um. I would 
Okay, this is a bit like the tomato, fruit, or vegetable question. Mm-hmm. Personally, just off the fly here, I haven't even thought about that. That's a great question. I think... Hmm. I think you could make the argument that functionally they are closed-toed shoes. I personally would not make that argument. I think functionally they're open-toed shoes. More importantly, in terms of style, you've got, you've, you know, like the tomato, you have the culinary use and you have the bot- botanical use. And, yes, and in yeah. culinary, uh, I believe a tomato is a, a, a vegetable it, when cooking. Yeah, it, and when yeah. considering biology and the botany of the tomato, it's technically a fruit. I believe that's the correct distinction. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could that's make the argument that with shoes, you have a functional aspect and a style aspect. And I think you could claim that Crocs are functionally closed-toed. Again, I disagree with that, but I think you could make that argument. But stylistically, they are absolutely open-toed shoes. I want you to picture a person in jeans and Crocs and just try not to beat the shit out of them in your own mind. (laughs) Clearly, that's an open-toed shoe that we're handling here. I don't know that I don't know that I could avoid beating the shit out of them. You're right. That was a really good point. I've I've tried it three separate times. I beat the shit out of them every time. Every time it pops into my head, I just yeah find a new way to just kick their ass. <laughs> you know that's a really interesting way of looking at it though because I feel like Crocs get a certain interesting pass in that they function. I mean, I mean, you can. What's nice about Crocs is depending whether you're in sport mode or not, you can slip <laughs> them on and off uh, like a flip flop. But but. But if, especially if you have particularly ugly feet, they're probably prefer. <laughs> even though they're ugly shoes, they might be prettier than your feet, and so they'll still effectively hide your ugly ass toenails. But uh, it's an ugly shoe, and so just for the average person, when I see them wearing Crocs, it's almost like it, it's more of a lateral move compared to flip flops, where it's like it no longer possesses what made me mad about the flip flops, but it still makes me mad nonetheless. Uh, maybe for different reasons. Um, there's still some air passing in and out. Um, I mean, they are. I mean, uh, they are open toed, right? I mean, typically, there, there are. There's. I don't know. Again, you could make the argument I mean, either way. Yeah, here's here's the weird thing that. So, so I've got to admit something here uh, in the presence of our audience, Zach. I own some Crocs. Okay. Um, and believe it or not, this is almost a controversial opinion, even within the Crocs community. I think unless you're literally at a body of water, if you're going to wear Crocs, they should be worn with socks on. Uh, I think it is the more comp that they don't reach There's the material breeds foot sweat. Uh, and so if you wear socks, I think that helps avoid it. However, th- there's very, it's more of like a, like an outdoor of the house shoe. Like you're working in the yard. You might slip on. Some I, I find it to be probably suited for gardening and gardening alone. Yeah, that, that's kind of like their purpose. Is like it's nice that they're closed toed, so you're not like in your yard with stupid flip flops. But like, and they're comfortable, so if you're on your feet a lot, like it's kind of nice. But uh, they they shouldn't be seen by other human eyes. Um, I admittedly. the Crocs conundrum is a is a very good argument. I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, I think we had a good discussion here on that. I personally, I've never um, I've never worn a pair of Crocs, and I don't. Maybe this is something you can help me with here as a, as a self-admitted owner. <laughs> I've never understood that strap. I don't know how it how does it how does it change anything? The idea is that like 
if you are well okay actually let me let me explain one particular situation where i appreciate having crocs is at, at some point i was like tubing in a river or something and the nice thing about a strap is compared to a flip-flop if there's water like the flow of water might rip off a flip-flop but if you have that strap down it'll keep the croc positioned safely on your foot However, if you fall out of your tube onto the and you need to walk on the riverbed or whatever, it, it protects your feet from like sharp rocks and stones on the bottom. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that that is the most practical use I've ever found for a croc. Okay. And and, and kind of just practically the the purpose of the strap is, and here's the, the thing: if I don't know why you would be in this situation, but just technically, if you're <laughs> if you're needing to make some sharp changes of direction on a dime, uh, maybe plant your foot make a 90 degree turn very quickly uh, and your foot might slide back in, in the footwear uh, the strap uh, uh, cradles your foot in there and keeps it uh, in position without the, the shoe falling off like a flip flop. Let's say you've ever seen someone try to run in a flip flop. It's hilarious. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. It's, it's good entertainment for those spectating who know better than to wear flip flops. Yeah. Let's say that you're, <laughs> let's say that you're gardening and okay. all of a sudden you notice that over the fence hops the local turnip thief and he's sporting his murder trowel. And then, and, and so in this case, sport mode Crocs can allow you to make an, a quick getaway is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, all, yes. And also importantly, if you're walking backwards, that is like, I, I don't Have you ever, you probably haven't since you hate flip up so much. If for some reason you're carrying something, and with like another person, maybe it's heavy enough that you're with them. If you were to, for some reason, be wearing flip flops in that instance and be walking backwards in flip flops, it's a nightmare waiting to end in your death. Like <laughs> I'd actually, I, I'm I'm really curious to know if flip flops have caused any deaths because, um, I, I I don't know. I, I I it seems pretty dangerous. So so the nice thing about the croc is that that strap can help you walk backwards. Or if the, or if that thief, the turnip thief, hops in your yard and is aiming a gun at you, and you need to back up slowly. Uh, to, to safety, you can do that in a croc without falling over. Um, yeah, I, I've probably worn flip flops one weekend in my entire life. I bought them. I bought an extremely cheap pair for the beach one time, so I can't relate. What I can tell you is that AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, released an article <laughs> by Casey Summers on August fourteenth of two thousand twelve at ten o seven a.m. titled "Death by Flip Flop," with an image captioned, "Your flip flops may be out to get you." First line. My flip-flops are trying to kill me. Um, they look so cute and innocent. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my moment of truth came one afternoon last month when I slipped getting out of a friend's SUV. It was raining. I was juggling purse, keys, and leftover pizza. My cheap flip-flops provided minimal support or traction, so when the rubber hit the wet road, splat. I was lucky I didn't break my wrist. I merely sprained it. Sounds like you didn't really almost die, did you? Sounds like maybe you're being a bit dramatic, KC Summers of AARP. Um, according to day, hey, don't worry though, flip flop fanatics like Garrett, Doctor Ben Pearl, a podiatrist in the Washington D.C. area, says you don't have to give up your flip flops. He has what he calls quote ergo flips, ergonomically designed flip flops that feature molded footbeds and outsoles with lugs and treading, made by companies like Sole, Orthoheel, and Chaco. Dr. Pearl says, if you're walking the boardwalk, boardwalk in ideal conditions, it's not like you can never wear the cheaper flip-flops, but I wouldn't wear them myself. Anybody can have a fall. 
Uh, I feel like there's a niche for the Ergo flip-flops. So there you go, folks. There's your story you know, on Death by Flip-Flop. I just want to add one thing, which I, I don't see a citation here, so I don't know how trustworthy this article is. But according to an article on Gordon and Partners, a uh, <laughs> law website, <laughs> a new study has found that flip-flops are the cause for more than one million car accidents and close car calls at each year. Don't wear them while you drive. It's going to get stuck under the brake or something. And that is entirely dangerous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Don't even don't even wear them alone in the car. You're going to kill someone. I don't want to call anyone out here, so I won't. I've gotten far enough down the Google search where apparently there are people that have died from wearing flip-flops. So, ah, and that's not glad fun. Glad you're not calling out the, the dead in our community. Yeah, it's not fun anymore. It's stopped being yeah, fun. Yeah, that's... that's... Um, Ooh, well... Paul, last question real quick before we change topics, because I've been meaning to ask. That strap that's on the back, I just I, I don't physically understand how how the Crocs function. Does that strap tightly hug your Achilles tendon? Is that why it prevents it from falling off? So so here's the th- I'm glad you asked Zach. Um, your your typical Crocs probably don't have a well fitting strap. However, um, if I'm being completely transparent here, the Crocs that I bought were a, a premium style. Uh, and not only do they have treads on the bottom uh, for extra grip on whatever surface you might be walking on, but they have an adjustable strap. Uh, so the, the strap has been adjusted to where when I do wear them, it does hug my Achilles tendon. I can't really speak to the... the, the ch- for some reason, I sprung for the more expensive version of Crocs when I bought them a few years ago. <laughs> I just have really never... Spe- <laughs> I've never seen that as something that is actually touching any part of your body or anything that's why i didn't understand i thought it just kind of hung off the back which yeah, is why i didn't know I, how it worked no i get it i get it the, the ones i have uh have been adjusted to, to fit my feet perfectly uh and so, <laughs> it so sounds like you visited dr whatever that guy's name was from the article <laughs> yes dr ben um, pearl hmm. okay that was um an extraordinarily long discussion and i did not anticipate that but it was a good discussion i'm glad we had it oh yeah oh yeah uh, um Paul, I'm done, so feel free to take it away. All right. Uh, before I start... Um... Cracking a cold one. I don't know if you heard that, Zach. That was the, the sound of me opening a bottle of whiskey. It came I through need, well. I need a drink to, to, to prepare myself for this topic. Oh, wow. Um, because today, Zach... Sorry, I was taking a sip. Uh, today, Zach, I'm talking about Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, known to some. Wow, Paul, well, you realize we only have thirty minutes in the show left. I don't know how we're gonna <laughs> how we're gonna let's, get through everything we have this to say. Facebook Part One. Okay. Um, I, I I'm not gonna rule out that I I may bring this up in the future. Um, so this this was frankly brought up for me because for my job, um, we my company uploaded a video to Facebook, and we wanted captions on it, and so Facebook. Um, and this is really a point I'm about to get to overall. Facebook tries to be too many things. It has its own like built-in video player. And so, um, and they had a functionality to add subtitles yourself. And I am not exaggerating when I say it is my least favorite piece of software I've ever interacted with. (laughs) And had I used actual like video editing software to add captions, it would have taken me like 10 minutes not even maybe five minutes. It took me a couple hours to do on Facebook. It it's hard to explain how bad it was. Wow! But the software was terrible. Um, and and that got me thinking, Zach. The, why I'm not even surprised that this is bad because I already hold a poor opinion of Facebook overall. 
and, and here's the thing. No, people have disdain for social media in general. Like, like even people who, like, I would say objectively, I must like Twitter because I keep going back and I enjoy things that I find on Twitter. Right, right. Um, I, I have my issues with Twitter, and most social medias have their issues, obviously. Anything with user-generated content is bound to have something awful about it. We've talked um, at length about what we hate about probably almost all of them. Facebook is yes. such low-hanging fruit that we haven't even gone there yet. But I know. all the other ones we've but, hit. But let me be clear. All of those other ones pale in comparison. It's, it's, it's almost why I've hesitated to bring up Facebook because it seems too easy. Right. But I want I want to make clear that the main focus of this is Facebook doesn't know what it is. And it it makes me just so mad that I feel like I have to. It's one of the only social medias where I feel obligated to use it. And it makes me so mad. I mean, just a few for one. Facebook is is trying to be a video. It's trying to be like the a YouTube, but for social media. Right. And so, like, anytime you're on a video, it's trying to get you to watch other videos. There's a million videos. Um, As you've talked about I, I, recently on the show, in fact. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I, before the show, I went through my Facebook and just took note of some of some of the types of posts I saw just to to get an idea. <laughs> um, for one, it's a marketplace, so. If one of my friends is selling their shitty T-shirt, I get to see that. I don't. I don't <laughs> need to see that. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't care how many dresses or that you're selling used underwear. I don't. I promise you, I don't care. Um, for, for another thing, Facebook wants to be a dating app. They recently unveiled Facebook Dating. Um, they have stories, which already is just a fine okay function of Instagram and Snapchat but i if if a listener can tell me a good facebook story they've ever seen in their life i will i'll pay you a dollar it, not more because i actually don't care but i'll pay you a dollar for showing <laughs> one uh, worthwhile facebook story. anyone who uses facebook stories is a complete psychopath i've never seen a normal person use that feature yeah um it's it's where people keep like albums of pictures they'll just dump like like here's my last year a hundred pictures and it's like it would be one thing if you were showing me like here's a couple pictures of like your last year but this person that i talked to once in high school i am now inundated with a hundred sometimes more pictures of just like them and people i've never seen in my life i don't know why i'm seeing this and um, a lot of times you get tagged i'm sorry to keep interrupting i can save my comments no, for fine. the end a lot no, of times, no, please interrupt. Go a lot of times, you get tagged in these massive albums, and it's like, uh-huh. do I care enough about this uh-huh. person or this photo to search through 125 pictures to find the two that include me from two years ago? You yeah. know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, the rules about how things work are unclear. Like, wh- say what you will about Twitter. I appreciate that either your account is public. Or it's private. If it's public, <laughs> anyone can find your tweet. They can retweet it. That's kind of part of the purpose for most people is they want more people to see what they think or say because they think what they think matters. Right. Um, it's very self-centered, but it's clear. Or you have protected tweets, and then only people that follow you can see them. It's very simple. Facebook, I cannot tell you how many dumb Facebook posts I've seen where people are like, can you make this public so I can share it? And it's like, oh, God, it's just so dumb. And there's so many the the quality of posts the 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 people uh, the type of posts you see that are just like 
some mom thing like, oh, if my real friends will actually read this and then copy and paste it on their profile, like, don't even bother, like, participating if you're not going to copy and paste and share it on your own profile. It's like, the entire platform is a scam. I, yep. I feel, you know, I recently talked on this very show about LinkedIn, at least something, something comes out of LinkedIn. Like, people are probably making more money somehow from it, or they're getting different jobs. Like, I may hate LinkedIn with a passion, but there, it feels like there's a purpose. Even if it's convoluted, there's a purpose in there somewhere. Right. I don't really know what the purpose of Facebook is. Um, there's a bunch of pages for interests. There's random... There's just these like I, I there's a page that I followed as a teenager because I I I don't know I liked weird things as a teenager. It was titled like everybody did. It was that feeling when you step on a crunchy leaf. Um, and I thought I unfollowed it, but Facebook is like, well, you liked it at some point, so let me keep showing it to you. Why Why am I still seeing posts from this page? Um, there's so many like I, I actually went through and had to purge all of those at one point because there are so many that was like the thing to do back in early high yeah. school is find all these random like I don't know it was almost like so it was almost like social media it was almost like tweets but in the form of of pages and you would yeah. fall, like and follow these pages because of the title was funny if that makes sense super strange yeah. phenomenon. I went through and I had to, I purged all of them about a year or two years yeah, ago. Yeah, it it's awful. And so the the thing is, my my rant here may seem disorganized, and it is, but I want to make something clear. That's because I don't even understand what Facebook is. Is it a dating app? Is it how I keep up with my old friends? If that's the case, here's the other thing. It's more just like a contact book for people that you're acquainted with, but not good friends with, like you're not good enough friends to have their number, but you have them as a friend on Facebook for some reason. That's basic. That's basically the purpose of its existence. Correct. And that's the only utility that kind of comes from it. But then like, if that's the case, there are plenty of people who I appreciate having a way to, to like contact them. Maybe like if that forever, for whatever reason would be a thing, but like, I don't need, to see their updates on funny stories from work at their boring ass job. I just, <laughs> why is it that the only, the people who I would love to see updates on never post on Facebook? The people who I don't give a shit what is crossing their mind on a daily basis, they post 20 times a day. I, it's just, it's garbage content. It attracts garbage people. I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't even know that there's much more. I, I could talk about this for hours, I, but I don't. I it's just there. It's so so bad. I I don't understand it. There, there is so much wrong with Facebook. It, it Facebook represents probably the worst in every form of social media put into one social media. Mm-hmm. And the things that bother me the most about Facebook are the sad things that are not fun to discuss on the show and they're just depressing. Mm-hmm. So I won't. Um, I'll just say that Mark Zuckerberg is absolute scum of the earth. And that's almost not even related to what I would talk about. It's just, I, I, I hate that guy <laughs> and I hate his platform. And so one of the, you, you've raised a bunch of points, all of which I completely agree with. Um, it's just a disgusting, a disgusting place with 
nonsense and garbage and nothing that anyone could ever care about happening. It's just, it's, it's not even for old people anymore. That was the joke, but now it's moved past that where it's for, it's for like the dregs and outcasts of society to talk about their, whatever isn't happening in their lives. Um, one aspect that you haven't brought up yet though, that is always comes to mind when I think about Facebook and how much I hate Facebook is their push a few years ago, because this is what I think this kind of directly affected us in the mug down, but they, they began making an extreme push kind of around the time that they started rebranding towards, like you said, a, almost like a social media video platform kind of. Yeah. When oh they, my goodness! I can't believe that I didn't bring this up. Yes, what, please, go, what, please go ahead. Well, I hope I, you know I don't really have a comprehensive understanding, so maybe you can fill in the gaps here. But at that point, they started to make this transition to where you were completely unable to, if you were a content creator of any kind. And I know referring to the mug down in that way is maybe um, you know that's that's especially personal. But I'm I'm talking about like major content creators as well, like places like College Humor. Yeah. Um when these even the little guy all the way up to major players in the content creation business um facebook screwed everybody because they started following oh, yeah. this model where you would get no attention and i mean zero attention um your page your content your videos they wouldn't show up on people who followed you explicitly went out of their way to follow you on facebook they those people would not see your content unless you paid Facebook for promotion. So it's not yeah. like Twitter where where if you follow an account on Twitter, their content will show up on your feed um, and it's just going to show up to more people the more likes and retweets it gets and the more yeah. that, that you pay for promotion. It's no, more organic. No. Right. Yeah. No, for Facebook it was strictly you pay or you get nothing. And that screwed a lot yeah. of really talented people out of the promotion they deserve for really good works because they didn't have the budget to pay or they weren't willing to pay Facebook because I would never give Facebook money because they're a garbage organization. Um, but that's more of a, a serious note, but a lot of people, pretty much everyone got completely screwed by this new business well, model. What's, of course, what's Facebook also won complicated out. about it is like Facebook kept on telling people like, oh, you should use videos because look at the engagement rates and like views on your videos. But then like, they got like in a lot of trouble like a year or two ago because it turns out that so all these companies transitioned their content to be video based because they were given the impression by Facebook that that's what reached more people. Right. But then Facebook admitted that they fa- they like intentionally fabricated video view counts and like the statistics to make people want to make videos. Like not that yep. many people were actually watching them. They like lied about it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so messed up is like kind of sinister and it's very it's very facebook like it affected people's like livelihoods because like news organizations may have fired writers to hire more video content creators right you know what i mean and then like they they weren't able to make more money because video wasn't actually bringing them more money Um, yeah i'm I'm glad based on a lie (laughs) i'm I'm glad you could kind of summarize that better and kind of like i said fill in the gaps that's exactly right it was it was messed up um and So one of the last things I want to bring up is Facebook's branding itself is not good. And so (laughs) what I mean by this is another way this dawned on me is so, so I, 
So I don't see that many video ads played lately because I don't watch like TV. So I don't see like commercials on there and I have Netflix. You don't see commercials on there. However, I am cheap with Hulu and I have Hulu with ads. And I, I recently I noticed a couple things for one other. I, I don't I feel like somehow Facebook just overall attracts the worst talent in like the web development and like social media industry. Because not only is their platform the worst, but I just so so for for example w- with everything happening with like quarantine and whatever, Google had an ad has had a series of ads that actually genuinely I was like wow that actually is like a well made ad and like I'm not trying to like feel emotional about a corporation, but like they've had some good ads talking about like the good things that people have done like and how that people have helped each other out and like Google. Google has its own issues. I'm not even saying it's necessarily morally superior to Facebook, but the right. least they do a good job of like, con- like make you believe that they are. Their, their propaganda is, is better. Yeah. Google is very good at making you still f- like they, they at least put their money to use to make you trust them and whatever. But then I've seen lots of ads for Facebook and they are just so corporate and emotionless and garbage that I just, on almost another level, it's like they don't even know who or how who their audience is or how to appeal to them. So they just have these weird ads that make no sense and just make you feel nothing. And every time I see an ad from them, it makes me hate them more. That that's all. That that's almost how I want to conclude this. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, they they they, they are very bad at that. Yeah, I agree completely. I I want to end on a positive note if you'll allow me. Um, oh, I, I know we're running out of time, but. This conversation reminded me of um, on Friday, August 26, 2016. Um, this was right before school started, um, I think my senior year. And I wanted to throw a 21st birthday party for myself. So I created a Facebook um, invite. Paul, I think you were there. Um, I probably was. And <laughs> so I made a Facebook event for it. And the description's very funny. Um, if you check going and not show up, uh, remember the Aggie honor code. You will be review boarded. Anyway, this is my birthday party, so the least you can do is pretend that you want to be there. Please come. If enough people show up, you can have fun without even having to see me. Uh, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. It's BYOB for those under 21. That stands for bring your own bottle. Very funny stuff. Good content. A lot of good, lot of good discussion going on in this event. Uh, comments and stuff. What if something that I've done rarely since this event four years ago, every now and then I've done it two or three times and I want to do it again. I'll pop in like years and years after this events happened and I'll say, Hey, I had a good time. Thanks for, thanks everyone for showing up. And it's like my only interaction on Facebook for years. Like that's the one thing that I'll log on Facebook and do (laughs) every like two years. I'll get online (laughs) and I'll go to my 21st birthday (laughs) Facebook event and I'll go, Hey, Hey everyone, I had fun. I'm glad you guys can make it. Thanks. And then that's it. That's all I do. And uh, I, I'm thinking now, you know, after four years, maybe it's about time to do that again. <laughs> I think you should. I will say to Facebook's credit, the one thing it's good for is because you have all these people as friends, both close friends and like like acquaintances, is if you're organizing something, it is good for organizing a group. And I'll give it credit for that. It's true. But that might be the only thing that I will give it credit for is that it's deep. Like, there's no other really social media 
platform where I feel like like if I'm organizing like a party and don't want to create like a group text with 20 or 30 people or whatever like Facebook is okay for that I'll give them that it's fair enough that's enough about Facebook I hate it let's move on oh it's the worst uh random rant time oh yeah I'm getting number five on my spreadsheet and uh, another one from Dylan oh Again, I'm, God, he must have been watching a lot of TV because I think on episode 39, his was MTV's The Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's resubmitted. Uh, his other topic now is Netflix pr- Netflix produced reality TV, mm. of which I have no knowledge. <laughs> I don't watch TV. I don't watch Netflix, and I especially don't watch reality <laughs> TV. So I, it's going to be maybe a little bit more because it's more vague. It's going to be harder to pull an argument out of my ass like I did with uh, MTV's The Hills. Do you have any initial thoughts? I do. My initial thought is um, so. Th- so there's like two or three main ones I can think of. One of which is um, it's called The Circle. I haven't seen it, but it was popular with people. It's like uh, something where people are. I don't. It's a reality show. Did he say dating shows or reality? Shows? He said reality. Although, okay, it's almost indistinguishable at this point. Yeah, there's another one that was pos- popular um, that was the, like, Love is Blind, where, like, people are, like, hidden behind barriers and then fall in love. Um, admittedly, I only watched the first episode because there was a girl that I met on Hinge, like, a month or two ago who, like... <laughs> Was like, yeah, I'm into the show, and I thought she was pretty. I was like, I'm gonna watch the first episode, so I have something to talk about. Oh my god, I've done that at yep. least a dozen times in the last two. Isn't months. that like the worst? Whenever like someone is hot, and you're just like, I'm gonna, I don't know how to break a conversation, so I'm gonna take one of their interests and pretend to be into it. I've done that so <laughs> many times, yes, especially with TV shows. Um, it, it it's interesting. I I don't know to what extent the Netflix produced aspect of uh, this topic comes into play other than to say, I feel like there's a very specific audience that loves reality TV that doesn't want, that's like around our age and doesn't want to have cable. And I think it's smart of Netflix to give them what they want, which is reality TV. Totally. They don't need cable anymore. I I think it's smart of Netflix. Netflix, honestly, I have heard Um, love is blind is very good. I will never watch it. I've heard it's very good. I, I have heard that it is legitimately, like, in, like the, the premise for anyone in the audience who doesn't know is, like, uh, maybe, like, 20 guys and 20 girls show up to this, I don't know, house, whatever you call it, uh, and all the guys live together, and all the girls live together, and then, um, like, they get set up on these blind dates with, like, the guys with the girls, um, like, through, but it's, like, through a wall, so they can't see each other, so the premise is... They're going on these dates with people that they can't see and just talking, and then maybe they'll go to the next one, but they're, like, developing feelings for people that they haven't met, and then it's, like, they, like, I think by the end of the show, some of the people are proposing to someone they've never actually seen. So the premise is, like, can you fall in love? It's like an experiment, quote-unquote. Like, wow. can you fall in love without actually meeting someone? Yeah, that one um, kind of took the nation by storm. There's a lot of discussion about it recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the premise is interesting, and here's the th- here's the thing with reality TV as a whole, I all the time the premise someone can tell me like wow that is interesting like like I I will not deny that the premise of most reality TV is really interesting but for me the enjoyment that comes out of them is essentially almost that it helps create a topic to gossip about 
And so since I don't really know anyone watching these shows or have anyone to watch them with, that's what keeps me from watching them. Like, I can on my own watch a drama or a comedy and be like, I'm enjoying this. And like, I may badger my friends about it, be like, hey, you should watch this. But like, it doesn't, my my appreciation of it does not ultimately come from them also watching it. But I feel like with reality TV, the only reason I would watch it is if someone else wanted to watch it. I'd probably love it, but then I would just like gossip about the characters on this reality TV show with them. Right. You know? Um, right. I don't know. I, uh, have you heard of Too Hot to Handle? I have. Isn't that the one where like they get like $100,000 if they just don't have sex or whatever? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I like, saw okay, like, like I'll easily take the $100,000. Yeah, right. <laughs> where, where's my, well, no, that's not an, that's not an appropriate joke. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll, I'll say that one for off the air. Um, I watched like two thirds of the first episode. Pretty interesting, but I can't, I can't tell if it was because I was into it because these people, like it was an actual, I was really drunk. I can't tell if I liked it because it was actually an engaging show or because it's intentionally just 10 really hot people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of an interesting concept. Um, it's so, so trashy. But yeah, that that's one part of the especially fun. doesn't even try to hide the trashy aspect of it. Right. That's part of the fun, though. <laughs> Which I right? respect. <laughs> yeah. So it not not anything especially negative, but um <laughs> sorry. I'd like to read you this um Wikipedia quote. This is a direct quote from Wikipedia. It's cited as source number four. From the 17th of April, 2020. It was retrieved on the 17th of April, 2020. This is reference number four that's used to cite this source. This direct quote is, Kissing can deduct up to $3,000 from the total prize fund. Oral sex can deduct up to $6,000. And sex can dock up to $20,000. So there's that. That's how much you lose. (laughs) Paying $20,000 for sex, I mean... It's usually only about 200 for me, but did, did they just find the horniest people on the planet and then be like, so that they'd be like, oh, this is such a challenge. Cause like, well, I imagine that that's just how life is. If you're hot, I, I wouldn't know. I'm just assuming Fair. that <laughs> that's just kind of how you live your life. If you're hot, <laughs> I don't know. Interesting, interesting concept. So, so trashy, but very, uh, I mean, it is interesting. It's it is fun. I won't lie to you. It is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that's all I have to say on Netflix produced reality TV shows. Thank you, Dylan, for submitting that. Thank you, Dylan. We appreciate um, it. Amongst others, you you you've thrown a lot in. I appreciate that. Paul, uh, take us away with your positive rant. Oh, I will. Um, you know, I almost hinted at this at the top of the show. Today, I'm going to talk about hard seltzers, Zach. Oh, uh, I, oh. I, I, I won't sit on this topic for too long because you've actually heard me talk about it at length. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I just want to say this doesn't necessarily just apply to hard seltzers. But uh, since we've been stuck at home, I've just for some reason made it part of my personality to try a bunch of different brands of hard seltzer and then continue to rank them. Uh, I have been updating my ranking with each uh, one I've had. Um and it's just, it's been a fun time. I, this, there's been this boom, boom of like 
every single brand in existence making their own take on the hard seltzer and i'm sure that they love that i'm completely playing into this and <laughs> all of the money uh but i just i love the concept of a low calorie low likelihood for hangover just easy easy sip and drink you know and i like the different flavors it's fun to see who can make these hundred calories count and make a flavorful drink it's fun to see the different experiments people are putting on um like I said, I've I've uh, right th- at the beginning of the show, I was drinking Wild Basin, which is an Austin-based company. Uh, recently, Austin East Ciders has a seltzer I've tried. Uh, I've tried Press, that was a pretty good one. Um, Vizzy is a weird one that they advertise vitamin C, and that one was a oh. lower tier seltzer. Yeah, that one didn't uh, look very good. <laughs> it, it it wasn't that good. Um, towards the top of my list, uh, number one. To this day, probably still Bone and Vive, in case anyone's wondering. Unbeatable. Uh, it's also really, my number one. Really, it's it's so good. The pear uh, really and elderflower, nothing mm. has come even mm. close to scratching that on the flavor, on, on yeah. the flavor oh, scale. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's so good. Uh, I would say the other couple that I consider top tier along with Bone and Vive are White Claw, the classic. Um, and I really liked press press had, had some pretty good flavors, uh, thrown in there too. I just, I just like these concepts. Some of them have real fruit juice. Some of them don't, uh, I just enjoy getting a little hint. It's, it's like if someone was eating a mango in the other room and you were able to smell it in the <laughs> airwaves, that's like the taste of these white claws. And as much as people like to make those jokes as a negative, I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> um, it's a good time. So that, that's all I've just enjoyed trying all these different seltzers after giving your initial um discussion to a small cabal of elite vip listeners on seltzers (laughs) um i have also come to try as many as i can although i've never really branched out into the i'm still trying to cover ground with the mainstays like i had i just had truly's for the first time last weekend i'd never had truly before what was your opinion not great okay because because for me for my money, that's the garbage tier. Yeah. And here I've had a few people try to tell me that they're that they've somehow improved. I don't want to believe it. I want to believe that they're still awful. So I don't know that they'll ever get a tasting from me again. But I, I, I didn't. Continue. I didn't hate the Trulies, but they were the worst I think I've ever had. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to make a bad seltzer. Like, right. At worst, it's like, oh, this is just some bubbly very diluted malt liquor that's the worst case scenario jeez <laughs> uh truly just tasted especially artificial okay interesting. Um, but yeah anyway uh i i haven't really been able to i'm still trying to try the the main like i haven't had henry's yet i don't know if you've had henry's hard seltzer um, I don't know if I've had those. That, tra- you're right. That is like a that's a main statement. I don't right. know if I've had that one. I'm trying to get the flagships down before I branch out into the like the Austin East East Sider Seltzer and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but those I feel like those are where, where the real gems lie. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, ever since you gave that uh, that speech, I've been I've been dabbling in seltzers <laughs> myself. So you you've changed me. I, I love that I've been able to inspire a select few. I hope now that I'm discussing it on the podcast that um, that a wider audience can come to understand. You know, yes. about a year ago, I, I was an early advocate for hard seltzers. There, there are some friends I have that I know are probably listening to this, one of whom I've already called out once, and I won't say him by name again, but who, <laughs> who hated on seltzers last summer when I was having a fun White Claw summer. Uh, and 
and people made fun of me and I was into it. And, you know, I would just like to say people thought it was a fad of just 2019. And I would like to say I, I don't think they're going away. 2020, they're going even stronger than ever. That's true. I they probably are probably single handedly keeping them in business. But nonetheless, I believe that there's other people that like them. And to all my friends who doubted me last summer, look at me now. I definitely um, <laughs> like them. I'm here for them. Good topic. Uh, yeah. That, it, yeah, that, that's about all I have to say. <laughs> I am genuinely curious, and I know Paul is too. If you have any seltzer opinions, your favorite brand, your favorite flavor within a brand, your take on the new uh, White Claw flavor variety mm, pack, yeah. Oh, yeah. any of those opinions, um, Paul and I already have, as we've hinted at before, a small discussion group, which has somehow devolved into basically being exclusively focused on seltzers alone. Thanks to it's Paul's like a seltzer influence. Enthu- seltzer enthusiasts fan club. It really like, is. Basically. It, it truly is. And it's all because of Paul. It didn't start that way, but Paul's, Paul's presentation the first time around convinced us all that, that that was the only thing that matters. So we already have a small group. And if you want to join their discussion, please, by all means, reach out to the show and let us know what you think. I, I, I want to make very clear something. Sure, if you also like seltzer, I do want to hear that. But those of you who are thinking, you know, it's not for me, or even better, if you're like, I hate that freaking drink, I especially want to hear from you so that (laughs) – we will read your response on – if you hate seltzer, please write in. We will read your response on air uh, and respond to it. I'd I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, But I kind of – I kind of am bringing the same energy to my positive rant, actually. It's, it's, in fact, it's very similar. It, it's almost identical, um, which I didn't realize until this very moment. I, I knew what my topic was and I have a bunch of notes, but I didn't make the connection until I was just about to read through them. Um, cause I'm here today to do the opposite of what we usually do. Cause I want to highlight something that a lot of people don't like and make the case for why I like it. Okay. And that is that the oatmeal raisin cookie is sadly the black sheep of the cookie tray. And that is a reputation that it does not deserve. Hmm. Are you seriously going to tell me that the sugar cookie is superior to the oatmeal raisin cookie? I'm never going to turn my nose up to a cookie of any variety. Don't get me wrong. Including the humble sugar cookie. I love a good sugar cookie. I mean it. I do. I'm a big fan of of the humble sugar cookie. Yes, carry on. But the flavor palette of a sugar cookie just can't compare to that of the robust oatmeal raisin. Hmm. I'm asking for a better seat at the table for the overlooked <laughs> oatmeal raisin cookie. Um, let's take a break here in my argument. And I got two questions for you, Paul. First of all, okay. immediate thoughts on the oatmeal raisin cookie. Because I feel like I... I... Go ahead. No, I want you to answer, and I want you to answer first. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, you're fine. Um, I feel that my opinion falls into a very main mainstream opinion. This is not a unique or like opinion that I thought up uniquely myself. My opinion is similar to other people that I I do like and appreciate the oatmeal portion, but that the raisin the, the raisins that show up in my bites are just very meh. Like they're okay. Like they're they're to me, I actually think that the cookie would be stronger without the raisin. I'm almost surprised that that's such a mainstream opinion because I feel like other people like raisins fine. Maybe maybe everyone just is kind of like mad about raisins in general. I don't know, but th- for, that's kind of where my opinion falls. That's what I was going to say. Is for some reason I had an inkling that that was going to be your exact opinion. I could just tell. I could I, <laughs> okay. I could just peg a non oatmeal raisin person from a mile away. I feel like. okay. <laughs> 
that's just my that's just my vendetta, I guess. My second question is: Are you a hard or soft cookie guy, preference wise? Ooh, I am. I I think I almost certainly appreciate the soft cookie okay. more than the hard cookie. Yeah, no, that's the correct answer. Because personally, I like a cookie that's at a constant risk of folding in half. I like a soft <laughs> yeah. cookie. I like a really soft cookie. I and, want to be in danger of contracting salmonella from the undercooking. I'm not going to say that. that way. <laughs> I will. Go, I will get that far. That's a stretch. I want. I want to be in ja- danger of when I'm walking from the cookie tray to my desk after a work potluck. I want to be in danger of having half that cookie break off because I'm not. I'm not fully supporting the cookie base. That's that, the kind that's of softness. Good place to play. That's a good place to be. And. In my experience, which I should say, my experience is exclusively related to eating cookies, not baking them. Yeah. I think it's easier okay. to achieve a soft oatmeal cookie. I think it's it's harder to get that effect when you're working with a flour-based dough. Hmm. I may okay. be wrong, but I feel like typically you got a, a wider room for error when you're baking oatmeal to make the cookie soft. A lot of times, I mean, think of the number of times you've bit into an oatmeal raisin cookie and it's been hard. And think of the number of times you've bit into a chocolate chip cookie and it's been hard. I feel like oatmeal raisin soft much more often than a chocolate chip cookie. You know, that's an interest. I have never thought about it that way. However, if you have a suspect tray of cookies, you don't know the origin. You have suspicions just based off first glances that they are probably of a lower variety, lower quality cookie. You right. are, you, your, your odds are probably better that the oatmeal one that you're picking up has an acceptable texture than the, you know, a classic chocolate chip is great, but I feel like it's really easy to mess up a chocolate chip and have it be weirdly tough and the chocolate unflavorful. And like, there, there's a lot of variables with the chocolate chip cookie that can make it pretty disappointing. That is a more elegant way to restate exactly what I'm trying to say here. Um, yeah. And again, I'm not... Look, don't get me wrong here. I love a good chocolate chip cookie. I love it. I adore it. Come on. Who doesn't, right? That's the, that's the yeah. that's a cookie yeah. staple. Above, above all else, when you picture a cookie in your brain, I guarantee you it's chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dogging on chocolate chip. I get it. I love a good chocolate chip. I'm just saying it's easier to make a more texturally satisfying cookie making oatmeal raisin you're better off texture wise with an oatmeal raisin cookie um and i'm gonna defend raisins for a little bit because i anticipated that argument from you <laughs> paul saying that that you don't appreciate the raisins uh, which i, I i've never right understood trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah you played right into my hand you activated my trap card <laughs> to me the sweetness of raisins is never harsh Sometimes you get a chocolate chip that's a little, it's, it's too biting. It makes your, you know, it gets that thing that you discover once you turn 10 where it's just like you bite into something too sweet directly and it kind of makes your teeth hurt. Has that ever happened yeah. to you? Yeah, yeah, that's happened. Uh, that, that's never happened with a raisin. A raisin is going to offer some sweetness, but it's not going to, it's never oversweet. And hmm. I think that... Again, going back to the, the texture of the dough, with oatmeal, you're working with a softer cookie more often than not. The chewiness of the raisin, I think, very, very well complements the softness of the dough. 
I think it's a I think it's a match made in heaven in terms of texture. Hmm. And and I like the fruit aspect. I mean, you're not getting you're not getting that natural sugar with any other kind of cookie. You're not. That that's a really fair point actually. Although there's something fascinating about a raisin that is so mentally like disconnected from grapes that like the thought of a grape in a cookie like makes me <laughs> laugh out loud. Right. It made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it it just did. Like I can't imagine being like, "Oh hell yeah, we got whole grapes in this cookie." <laughs> that's a good but point. But for some reason a raisin kind of makes sense. Uh, it just I works. I, food is weird sometimes. It's a it's a mystery. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because a grape, you know, a grape doesn't have that it doesn't have that chewiness to it. A grape is too watery. It's yeah. too it's too bulbous. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's a good word for that. Yeah. So I, I think the raisins are a boon. I think they're an added aspect. I think they're a good feature, a necessary feature of the oatmeal cookie. The natural sweetness that you don't get any other way. I mean Interesting. The the na- yeah. the sweetness from a, a fruit, a natural the natural sugar in that fruit is different than the artificial sugar from chocolate. It's not necessarily better, but it's different. You know, you know, Zach, you're, you're making an interesting argument here because because I almost want to hop in here for a moment and say I, I think I owe uh, ra- oatmeal raisin cookies a, a second chance because I, I think uh, to some extent I, I don't think my flavor palette was as advanced as a child. Um, I mean, just for example, you look at like something like a trail mix. And I was probably just picking out M and M's and being like, "Ew, cashews and raisins, like disgusting." Now, as an adult, if I'm faced with a with a trail mix, I, I'm enjoying every bit of it. You want an eclectic so, mix. You want the whole representation yeah, of the and, trail and mix. So I, I'm not I'm not super eager to pick up a little box of raisins like I'm a, a five year old. But but put a raisin in my cookie, you know. I might just have to give that a try. I feel like I'm making some headway on convincing you here. Maybe I'm not, but it feels like it. You haven't convinced me that it's great. You've convinced me that it's worth giving another shot. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, <laughs> I, overall, I think the chocolate chip oatmeal raisin dichotomy is harmful to the cookie community. There is no reason to ostracize a cookie just because you have the taste buds of a nine-year-old and you can't bear the thought of eating a sweet treat that lacks chalky chips. <laughs> Oatmeal raisins are just as valid of an option. Now, if you're sitting here saying that you prefer chocolate chip to oatmeal raisin, I'm not going to fault you there. I'm not. But if you're not even willing to give oatmeal raisin a fighting chance as a top-tier cookie, I, I'm here to convince you otherwise. I think you ought to give oatmeal raisin a second shot because just the again the texture the sweetness it's 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 unique in a lot of ways and it's it's just a, a perfect match I, I I can't express it any other way it's so good hmm. and I'm such you, a you su- get, no go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say, you've given me a lot to think about here Zach <laughs> that's the goal I'm such a supporter <laughs> of this viewpoint that often. I will actually reach for the oatmeal raisin cookie off the tray above a chocolate chip. Wow. And I I, okay. I, I don't think I know anyone who does that. I don't think I know it. You're committed to the cause. And I'm not saying I do this every time, but I have been known to pull this move off. 
and okay. and I think it's important. I think it's important to next time you're faced with a cookie tray scenario, and who knows, given this current global crisis, when that's going to happen, you know, you know how it goes. I yeah. would consider you to just try it out, take the plunge, go for the oatmeal raisin first. If you don't like it, hey, if you don't like it, that's my bad. Turn around, and get yourself let's, a chocolate chip. Let's take it a step further. If you try it, some bullshit, please write into the show and yell at Zach. Yeah, so you, so uh, Paul can call me out. <laughs> Please do. That that uh, that's all the points I wanted to make. After all this, if you disagree with me, I'm okay with that because that just means that there's more delicious oatmeal raisin cookies for me after the potluck is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's my that's my manifesto towards the validity of oatmeal raisin cookies. Right, you you like like I said, Zach, you've given you've given me a lot to think about today. I appreciate it. We're all about challenging viewpoints here on the show, so. <laughs> That's why we may take so many risks with our topics. It's very serious, important things. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Um, I like this episode, Paul. We did well today. It was a good one. This was this was a fun time. Yeah. Like I said before, we're available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Overcast every other Monday. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and please consider leaving a rating and review there. Um, and, uh, you can find us on Twitter at not all bad show or email us at not all bad show at gmail.com, especially if you have random rant ideas, um, like Dylan submitted his, to, uh, and it was on the show today. You can do so by submit to, by emailing that email with a subject line, random rant idea. And, uh, I ask that if you, uh, feel so inclined, if you like the episode today, please consider telling your friends about it. That'd mean a lot to us. Um, we're looking to uh, to continue growing as we've done in the past. Um, so so thanks for your help with that. Other than that, um, once again, thank you for listening to episode forty one of Not All Bad. I'm Zach Andrews. This is Paul Messman. Dance like nobody's watching. Rant like nobody's listening.